um, I want to invite someone who is not new to us. He works in South Sudan, and I'm sure now you have an idea of who he is. Help me to welcome Alex Njukia, even as he comes to share. Karibu sana. Thanks, Pasi. Praise the Lord. Buona sifiwe. You know, it's wonderful seeing people are graduating, you know, and I know shortly we'll have weddings coming up. You know. It's stages of life, eh? I was wondering whom to call to, be, uh, to read the scripture today because it's this long scripture. At least my answer, I got my answer, eh? Come on, a pharmacy. Yes, but we want to thank the Lord. Uh, my name is Alex Njukia. I'm born again. I love the Lord. Married to one wife, who is a female. And if Zurich were clear, eh? Yes, and God has blessed us with some three boys and one girl, who is also very tough, I think by virtue of being the only girl. Uh, we're going through the series as a church, When Faith falters. And uh, I want to thank the Lord for the opportunity of standing here today. Uh, I don't take it for granted when Pastor KT gives me the chance uh, to just come and share the word. Uh, this, this happens to be my last Sunday here uh, before I go back. I've been on leave. Before I go back next Sunday, uh, I always pray that KQ, you know, just asking them to pray, flighty bounce. Eh? So, uh, you know, there's one time it happened like that, and I was very happy when they told me, you've been moved from the morning flight to the afternoon one. However, the afternoon for KQ happens to be one, so you still have to check in early. But I do miss you people uh, when I'm far, far away. This is one of the few places I get to put on shirts, because get to na freedom. We work with jeans and sandals and t-shirts. So who could move a eh? Most of the time. So uh, we thank the Lord. Yes, we shall be reading from the book of Judges, uh, chapter, we shall begin with chapter 13, but then I would like to request our sister who graduated to come and read for us from Judges. She'll read for us from Judges chapter 16. You know, I'll give you the Bible, don't worry. Uh, but before that happens, uh, remember the topic is when faith falters, I'll just read the first part of chapter 13, then she will read chapter 16, eh? Okay. So chapter 13, it's on the birth of Solomon. We'll just read a short portion of it. Again, the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines for 40 years. Now there was a certain man from Zorah, of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and had no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Indeed now you are barren and have borne no children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Now therefore, please be careful not to drink wine or similar drink, and not to eat anything unclean. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come upon his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. So the woman came and told her husband, a man of God came to me, and his countenance was like the countenance of the angel of God. Very awesome. But I did not ask him where he was from, and he did not tell me his name. 
And he said, Behold, you shall conceive and hear and bear a son, nor drink no wine, or, or rather, nor drink no wine or similar drink, nor eat anything unclean, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of his death. And so the story continues, and actually this, uh, you know, was how Samson was born. I know we've all probably heard about Samson, right? So the angel was basically telling them what shall happen, that they shall have a child. And so I'll, I'll let our sister, please remind me your name. Julian, yes. Julian will read for us from the book of, uh, the same book, Judges chapter 16. It's about the story of Samson and Delilah. But in the interests of time, uh, let me request her to read from verse 10 to the end of the chapter. Judges chapter 16, verse 10. Then Delilah said to Samson, Look, you have mocked me and told me lies. Now, please tell me what you may be bound with. So he said to her, If they bind me securely with new ropes that have never been used, then I shall become weak and be like any other man. Therefore Delilah took new ropes and bound him with them and said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. And men were, li were lying in wait, staying in the room. But he broke them off his arms like a thread. Delilah said to Samson, until, until now you have mocked me and told me lies. Tell me what you may be bound with. And he said to her, if you weave the seven locks of my head into the web of the loom. So she wove it tightly with the button of the loom and said to him, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he awoke from his sleep and pulled out the button, the button and the web from the loom. Then she said to him, how can, how can you say, I love you, when your heart is not with me? You have mocked me with this three times and have told me where your great strength lies. And it came to pass when she pastored him daily with her words and pressed him so that his soul was vexed to death, that he told her all his heart and said to her, no razor has ever come upon my head, for I, for I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If I, have, if, if I am shaven, then my strength will leave me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. When Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up once more, for he has told me all his heart. So the lords of the Philistines came up to her and brought the money in their hand. Then she led him to sleep on her knees and called for a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. Then she began to torment him, and his strength left him. And she said, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as before at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. Then the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza. They bound him with bronze fetters and he became a grinder in the prison. However, the hair of his, of his head began to grow again after it had been shaven. Now the lords of the Philistines gathered together to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their God, and to rejoice. And they said, our God has delivered into our hands Samson, our enemy. When the people saw him, they praised their God, for they said, 
Our God has delivered into our hands our enemy, the destroyer of our land, and the one who multiplied our, our dead. So it happened when their hearts were merry that they said, call for Samson that he may perform for us. So they called for Samson from, their pri from the prison and he performed for them and they stationed him between the pillars. Then Samson said to the lad who held him by the hand, let me fill the pillars which support the temple so that I can lean on them. Now the temple was full of men and women. All the lords of the Philistines were there, about 3,000 men and women on the roof watching while Samson performed. Then Samson called to the Lord, saying, O Lord, remember me, I pray. Strengthen me, I pray, just this once. O God, that I may with one blow take vengeance on the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars which supported the temple, and he braced himself against them, one on his right and the other on his left. Then Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. And he pushed all, with all his might, and the temple fell on the lords and all the people who were in it. So the dead, so the dead that he killed at his death were more than he killed in his life. And his brothers and all his father's household came down to him came down and took him and brought him up and buried him with buried him between Zorah and Eshtal in the tomb of his father Manoah he ju he had judged Israel 20 years thanks can i give julia a good good clap thanks a lot when faith falters i don't know who has ever been betrayed here Oh, we are many of us, eh? And I know those who betray you are not enemies but friends. Is that true? Is that true? It's, it's normally friends who betray us. But I'm asking that because many times when we look at our work with God, things happen and we feel, you know, once in a while we feel as if we have betrayed God and we tend to feel as if God has left us. Maybe because we committed a sin which in our eyes was just so great. Or we committed a sin that at the end of the day made us be on the spotlight. Not because of something good, but we got on the spotlight because of something bad. I remember one time telling, you know, uh, telling my friends, yes, it does happen. At times people sleep and fall and, you know, even as I grew up, it's not something new. As, as Solomon said, there is nothing new under the sun. And I remember one time telling my friend, yes, it does happen. Because I remember even when we were young and in the youth group, you know, in the church that I grew up in, in KG Bahati, we had some of our youth members who were expelled, or was it suspended, expelled that time. Why? Because one of the ladies had fallen into sin, and as we used to joke, she ate the female cassava that makes the stomach swell. You know, these things happen. But the joke was, it's just that for ladies it can be seen. What about if men were to get pregnant? <laughs> you know, and that's what I'm saying. At times we do things and we get onto the spotlight. And because of getting onto the spotlight, because we have sinned, what happens? We feel as if the world has suddenly turned against us. And at that particular moment, because we feel we have not met the standard, 
we feel that yes, we have let God down and God has kind of like taken a walk out of our lives. And at that particular time, I know the tendency is to wonder, does God really care? Can I be forgiven? Do I really have the right of going back to God? And so when we look at the topic of when faith falters, that is what we are looking at. Those times when we feel as if everything has gone down, as if God really doesn't want to look at us. That is what the topic is about. What do we do at such a time? Have you ever done something so bad, especially when you're growing up? Yeah? But have you, did you ever do something so bad when you were growing up that you dreaded your parents coming home from work? Did that ever happen to you? Am I, all of you are good kids, eh? Anyone who went through that? Ah, okay. At least we are going to heaven, but we are still in this world. It's good to be real, right? You know, these things do happen. I know that because I'm a parent. There are times my kids do crazy things, and I know probably they dread me knowing. But you know what happens? They have this younger sister, who is the only sister, who when you get home, you know, she's, she's just hit four years. She reports. Whether upende, usi, and she will come, daddy Christian alifanya. And so, that time you can, you can feel the tension, eh? Because he's the eldest, and he somehow feels the sister is selling me out. You know, but you know, at times she even makes them up, eh? So, I, at times I will call, I mean, Juba, and the first thing she tells me, daddy Jaden ajafanya homework. Ata kama nizine siku Jaden ana homework. Do you know why? Because for her, what she expects of her elder brother is when he comes home from school, after some bit of play, he should sit on the dining table and do his homework. So at times you ask, Jaden, do you find your homework? And Jaden tells you, Siku wana homework, Leo. You know, that is, that is her. But what I'm looking at is, there's these times that we will do things. And like those young kids, or like when we were growing up, when we never wanted our parents to know, because of the consequences of what we've done, what would happen? We somehow have that when it comes to our relationship with God. Because at times, we mess up. And when we mess up at that particular time, we wonder what will happen to us. At that particular time, we wonder, what is God going to do? Why? Because we have faltered in our faith. Because we missed the steps. We did not meet the standard that is expected of us. And that's what we'll be looking at today as we look into you know, one biblical character by the name of Samson. When you look at the book of Judges as a whole, you know, the book of Judges has seven cycles. And what happens is that we are told at that particular time, you know, the nation of Israel, who are God's chosen people, will fall into sin. And they will fall into sin, you know, God will give them over to their enemies. And the people will repent and turn back to God again. And when they will do that, God will raise up a judge from amongst them who will lead them. Okay? 
and who will deliver his people from their enemies. But then it would happen that once again, when the people have been contented, they will do what? They will fall back again. They will turn away from God and do whatever they wanted. And so when you read the book of Judges, several times we will come and the people did, or rather everyone did as they pleased. And so you have cases of people rising, a nation that rises in its work with God and it falls again. And in this particular time, God decides to also raise a judge once again by the name of Samson. And so I like to ask, when you hear of Samson, what comes to mind? Can I, can I get some responses? Strength. Uh -huh. A strong point. Uh -huh. A strong guy. Uh -huh. Seven locks. You know, Delilah. You know, when we hear of Samson, we tend to see all these things about this guy. But actually, when you look at Samson's life, it's a good picture of what was happening to the nation of Israel. Because several times, you find Samson, who, you know, when you read in chapter 13, we are told that his birth was actually divine. God decides to bless Manoah and his wife with a child because they have no child. They've been barren, you know. And God decides that miraculously, this child is going to be born. And not only that, this child was to be set apart to be a Nazarite. And so no drink, nothing like wine and all that. His hair was not supposed to be shaved. He was set apart from God. Samson was born with a purpose. But then what happens? He grows up. And he does things that are not expected of him. You know, he decides to chase after women. If there were, if there were slave queens that time, then Samson was the guy. Okay? He was the guy. And probably because of whatever he did, he was the strongest guy. What happened? Probably there were also a lot of slave queens who wanted him. Is that true? Because somehow to a point, uh, they may have been attracted to him. Samson was a child of purpose. As I said, he was a Nazarite. And he had been born to deliver God's people. However, his life, as we say, reflects Israel's story. People who would come to God, be delivered, mess up. Cry out to God again. God raises a judge. And what happens again? They mess up. They are delivered, then they mess up again. Then come one time, and Samson sees this, probably the slave queen of all slave queens, by the name of who? Delilah. And I wonder, is Delilah? How many of you have to Judas? Has anyone come across a girl called Delilah? You have? Oh, where? Apart from the one in the Bible. <laughs> okay. And so, Samson goes and meets Delilah. And Delilah is a lady on assignment. In that she had been told by her Philistine, you know, leaders, by the Philistine leaders. She was from Philistine. And, she, and they told her, do this and we are going to pay you. Find out what is the secret to these guys' strengths. 
kindly note this, that whatever Samson used to do, will do it by the power of the Lord. It's not that Samson spent hours in the gym. You know, many times when people want to draw the picture of Samson, what do they want to draw? Muscle, I'm saying you can fit, I'm in the gym, I'm a shona. Isn't that the picture we get over Mr. Universe? But let us realize, Samson was probably like any other man in Israel. The only difference was what? The spirit of the Lord came upon him. And when the spirit of the Lord came upon him, he did wonderful things. I don't think he ever spent his time in the gym. Maybe at the shortest guy, Sijui. But when you look at him, you say, I'm going to eat food. And I need to cook food. Yeah? And it happens that Samson, in doing all this, you know, he goes, meets Delilah, and the Bible says Delilah pestered him daily. Why? Because she wanted to know what is the secret of your strength, Samson. And eventually, you find, you know, Samson will say, do this. Tie my locks. Do this. Bind me with strings. D do you get it? It begins there. Tie me with strings. But you find with time, Samson moves closer and closer to revealing the truth. Because it moves from strings to, if you tie my locks. I don't know whether you see how closer he's getting. At first, it is not something related to the hair. He gives other reasons as to where his strength comes from. And let us be careful because that is how the enemy comes at us. Or that is our times, if you are not careful, we give in to temptation. It may not be this, like this time, Next time, the next thing, you find yourself inside. And so, Samson gives, or rather responds to Delilah's requests. But he doesn't give in. Eventually Delilah tells him, you've mocked me for so long. If you really love me. Okay? Love is such a powerful word, eh? Come on and And so what happens? Eventually Samson falters in his faith and gives out his secret. And if we were to go to the word of the Lord, Verse 17, chapter 16, verse 17, it says, And he told her all his heart, and said to her, No razor has ever come upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If I'm shaven, then my strength will leave me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. When Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up once more, for he has told me all his heart. And so what happens is that Delilah, the moment Delilah is told that, Delilah puts Samson to sleep. And calls her lords, the lords of the Philistines. And he tells them, or rather she tells them, this is where the strength of this guy is in. And Kama Samson alikuwa Madridi, alitokana Jordan. You know, he slept with dreadlocks, woke up with her. Probably, this is a pastor KT to go closer to how Samson woke up. But we still love the Lord. Amen? So, what happens is Samson, when his hair was cut, 
we are told that he lost his strength. Some versions of the Bible actually say he lost his power. But apart from that, we see what happens in Samson's life. In that these guys get him, they bind him, and when they bind him, he not only loses his hair and his strength, he also loses his freedom. But apart from his freedom, we, are, we also see something else. They gouged out his eyes. Is that what the Bible says? And so he also lost his vision. And so we see from when Samson falters in his faith, it is a downward spiral. He loses his vision, or rather he loses his strength or his power. He loses his vision. He loses his freedom. But the worst thing is that he loses his purpose. Why? Because God had purposed what he was going to do through Samson. Samson had a purpose. The reason he was a Nazarite is because he was supposed to be a deliverer for his people. And his hair is gone, he ceases to be a deliverer. He comes from being the strongest man to someone who is actually a prisoner. And at times when we look at our faith, things will happen and we get onto that downward spiral. You know, we may look at Samson and think, this guy was a fool. But let me tell you something. Samson should be a good reminder to us that we should be careful on how we live our walk of faith. Why? Because anyone can falter in his faith. But the wonderful thing is that when you read that story, as you continue with the story, we are told in verse 22, however, the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaven. And there comes the difference when we look at the grace of God. In that regardless of whatever Samson had done, the writer of the book of Judges clearly indicates that something was happening despite all the sad things that had happened in, in Samson's life. What does the writer say? However, the hair on his head began to grow again. And this is a wonderful reminder that regardless of how far you've fallen from the grace or rather from, the, from your faith, regardless of how far you've gone, the wonderful thing is this, God still loves you. Probably, Samson had his self-doubts. You can imagine being bound. He's lost his sight. Everything is gone, including his freedom. He probably felt as the worst sinner of all sinners. He probably, while there in prison, felt he did not deserve to live. He probably felt he had not only failed his parents, but he had also failed God. And we may never know the conversations that Samson had within himself. But then comes this time and the Philistines decide he is going to be put to work. And when that happens, we get to realize that yes, when faith falters, remember all is not lost because there is hope. Because even though Samson lost his vision, even though he lost his freedom, 
even though he lost his purpose, something happened in that he never lost his identity. He may have lost everything else, but he never lost his identity. He still remained an Israelite. And we are told his hair began to grow. And when we look at Samson, by the time you're getting to the end of the chapter, you get to realize that the Philistines thought that Samson was defeated. And many times in our lives, when we falter in our faith, the same thing happens. The enemy thinks that we are defeated. And I'd like to tell you that if that has happened in your life, remember Samson. If you are here this afternoon and you're probably feeling I'm the worst of all sinners. I've blundered so many times. People may not know, but God knows. And you probably are wondering what will happen to me. I'd like to tell you, remember Samson. If you're going through such a phase in your life, remember the prodigal son in the book of Luke. What happens? He, what happened? He messed big time. But a time came and the Bible says he came to his senses. And at that time he decided to go back home. If you are walking such a walk of faith, where you feel your faith has really faltered, you've let God down, maybe you've let other people down, I'd like to remind you, remember David. The Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. But when you look at David's life, it wasn't a bed of roses. He messed big time. He not only took another man's wife, he actually went ahead and killed the man himself. You know, if you've been watching the news, uh, is she called Wairimo Cohen? You know, we think Wairimo is bad. You know, she's yet to be proven whether she's guilty. You know, we can think probably she is, she's not, you know. But for David, it was a sure case. She not only took the wife of somebody, she, he went ahead rather and killed the, the guy. You may think you have blundered big time in your walk of faith that this life is not worth living. You may feel as if your, wife, your life rather is worthless because of what you've gone through. But I'd like to tell you, remember Samson. Remember David. Remember the prodigal son. Because the wonderful thing is that when you read the stories of these people, a time comes and they come back and they go back to God. And so the Philistines think they were done with Samson. But the wonderful thing is that when you read the story again, in verse 28 we are told, then Samson called to the Lord saying, O Lord God, remember me, I pray. Strengthen me, I pray, just these ones. O God, that I may with one blow take vengeance on the Philistines, for my two eyes. Samson had messed up. His life was in shambles. Probably back in his home village. You know, if there was ever a guy who was competing with Samson for a certain girl, maybe, and this girl had decided, Staki Samson, Nataka, Oyumse. You know, or rather the girl had decided, Minataka Samson. Probably the guy was saying, Ebu wana vilaliji west to your dem. Sasa 
you know, there were probably a lot of stories concerning Samson. And everything was gone. But we find something happening. Samson's hair began, began to grow. But even as it began to grow, when you look at that verse, it's a transition in that we're told, however, Samson's hair began to grow. And the next thing, we get the story of what happened to the Philistines. But not only that, we're told Samson prayed to God. And when Samson prayed to God, we see God answering his prayer. And so when we look at Samson, it's, it's a story that ends, that ends in a tragic way. Yes, he killed so many Philistines with that one blow than he had ever done before. But we look at Samson, we see his life as a failure and all that, but I'd like us to remember that Samson eventually turned back to God. And when he turned back to God, God heard his prayer. But God heard his prayer in such a wonderful way that when you go to the book of Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 32, when the heroes of faith are recorded, Samson's name is there. And this afternoon, as, I, as we come to the end, you may be here and maybe when you look at your life, you feel as if you've blundered big time. Maybe even when people are called for an altar call, how many people want to surrender their lives to Christ? You maybe look at your life and you feel it's such a mess that you wonder whether God can forgive you. I have good news for you. It doesn't matter what you've done. This afternoon, if you come back to God, he will welcome you home. You may be here. Maybe you gave your life to Christ. But as you walked in your walk of faith, like Samson, you faltered and you fell and people spoke about you. People condemned you. People gave stories about you. Maybe you are even used as an example. Kumbuka Ulem say. Kumbuka She pretended to be saved, but now she is this. And when you look at your life, you probably wonder, does God care? You wonder, will God ever forgive me? I'd like to tell you, you do not have to stay in that state anymore. Come back to God. Because even though we may falter in our faith, when we turn back, our God still receives us. Like the prodigal son, when we turn back to the father, he still welcomes home with open arms. When we were children, we would mess big time. Yes, we would be punished at times, but we never lost our identity. We still retained our parents' names. One thing is that regardless of how far you have fallen, God still loves you. The Bible says in the book of Romans that God loved us so much that while we were still sinners, Christ died on the cross for us. In that it doesn't matter how you have sinned, it doesn't matter what you did. When you come back to God, his grace 
is still sufficient. Is that a license for us to continue living in sin? No, it's not. The Bible tells us, then do we continue living in sin that grace may abound? And it says, no. And so this time I'd like us to just close our eyes as I invite the worship team. And as we close our eyes with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'd like you to look at your life. And as you look at your life, I'd like to ask you, what is it that you are going through? Have you faltered in your faith? And maybe you've been wondering what you shall do. You know, maybe you've missed big time. Nobody else knows except you and God. But you've always been wondering, will God ever forgive me for this? Or you may be here this afternoon and you've never surrendered your life to Christ. Maybe because of things that happened long ago. And at times you wonder, will God ever forgive me? Will God ever forgive me? And this afternoon we've got good news for you that it doesn't matter what you've done, God still loves you. His grace is sufficient. Samson's hair began to grow. And when it began to grow, there was a change. And so as we close our eyes and as the worship team just sings one, one verse of a song, I'd like us to just look at our lives. And as we look at our lives, I'd like us to just go before the Father. And we are then going to close in prayer. Maybe here this afternoon and with every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe you've been looking at your life and you've never surrendered your life to the Lord Jesus. Because you've probably been feeling you are not worth it. I'd like to tell you this afternoon, doesn't matter whatever you've done in your past, God 
loves you. And if you're here and you'd like to surrender your life to the Lord Jesus, just lift up your hand and we're going to pray together with you. Just lift up your hand and we're going to pray together with you. You're here, you've never given your life to the Lord Jesus. And this afternoon you're saying that, yes, I want to surrender my life to the Lord. Is there anyone just lift up your hand? We'll just take a minute and pray with you. You've never given your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. And this afternoon you're saying, yes, I, I want to surrender my life. You may also be here this afternoon. And maybe you feel you faltered in your faith. You feel you've let God down so many times and you've been wondering whether you will be forgiven. When you look at your life, when you look at the scars of your life, they are reminders of the many times you've fallen. And this afternoon you're saying, yes, God, I want to surrender all to you once again. Just take me as I am. Just forgive me. I want to come back to you. Is there anybody like that? Just lift up your hand and put it down. You're here with every eye closed, with every head bowed. Yes, thanks for those hands. Is there anybody else? You're saying, God, I've fallen so many times, but this time I want to come back. Is there anybody else before we close in prayer? Thank you for those hands. Almighty Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we want to thank you that even though we may falter in our faith, when we come back to you, just as you said in your word, that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, I want to thank you for those brothers and sisters who have lifted up their hands. Lord, we pray that may you give them the assurance of your salvation and also give them the assurance of forgiveness and even the experience of your love once again. May they know that your grace is sufficient. And Lord, how much we pray that even as we live, May you bless us, Lord. May you strengthen us. May you give us the strength that we need to walk in this walk of faith. And if times come and we falter, may you help us, Holy Spirit, to always remember we are loved by God. And that when we turn back, you receive us just as we are. You forgive us. You strengthen us once again. Because we never lose our sonship. In Jesus' name, we pray and believe. Amen. Amen. Let me invite Pastor Katie. Um, thank you so much. Yeah, we've, we've come to the end of our service. And uh, I can still sense in my spirit that there are some guys here who would want to be pray prayed for. It's not necessarily about sin, but if you just want to be prayed for, um, I'll stick around and probably the leaders that will want to pray for guys, we will stick around here and uh, as Devi plays the keys, we will pray. We will pray with you guys. Let's rise to our feet even as we do the benediction. I want to pose a challenge to you. Next week, I want you to bring someone. Hey, um, I, I want you to bring someone to church, someone who doesn't even go to church or someone who is going through something. Because I believe Jesus said, where two or three are gathered, there he is. And in his presence, whenever we come, we will never live the same we will live changed. 
challenge accepted. So turn to the person next to you and smile at them. Uscheke, usionge. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Do have an amazing week.